We have been talking about grace the last several weeks. In the last couple of weeks, we have been talking about the five graces of grace, and I'm sure there are more, but these are five that Holy Spirit has given me to share with you, the five graces of grace, and we have taken on various subheadings under that, and uh, I want to get the rest to you. I think we've done one and two, so I'll owe you three, four, and five, And but however, I always like to recapitulate or review before I give you new information, so let me review real quickly, and I will give you uh, three, four, and five, but I want you to write for a subtopic today, grace did it. Grace did it. And of course, when we're talking about grace, we're talking about God's undeserved favor. God's favor without merit or unmerited favor. God's goodness, God's kindness leaning in my favor. Then we talked about Chet Noon, uh, God placing a fence around his children. Watch this now, safeguarding their life and all that pertains to them. So not only are you covered, but your whole household has favor operating. Man, that's, that's a good place to, to shout. And we've talked about, and I wanted to, sh- and I gave you great, I've given you the context on Romans, why Paul wrote this particular epistle, but I wanted to show you this because as new creations in Christ, we are under grace, not law. Okay, we were not born under the old covenant system. We were born under the dispensation of grace, okay? So here the Word of God lets us know, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law. Now, under, under the law, the people of Israel, they were, there was a justification before God based upon keeping various sacrifices, keeping various commands and demands of the law. And by keeping those things, they were made right before God. But those sacrifices, certain festivals and, and, and things that they had to do in order to be right, they were just types and shadows only until the substance or the reality that came, which was Jesus. So once Jesus came, there was no more need to uh, keep certain days. There was no more need to have various sacrifices. Are you with me? Now, if you, in principle, if you want to keep those, bless God, but you are not commanded to do those things now. Are you with me? Our justification is not by doing things. Our justification as new creations in Christ comes by way of what Jesus did. Okay, so you're not justified by being good or doing a bunch of things. Be good, but it's not your being good that causes God to be good to you. God is good to you because he's good. Okay? So, so, so we're under grace. You have to cement that because religion has taught us that we're still under law or there is a mixture of law and grace and, when, and we've seen, and I'm give you the verse again, when we mix law and grace, in other words, when we try to be right before God based on self-effort and grace, we are frustrating the grace of God because there's nothing you and I can do on our own that can make us right before God. You can't, I, I can't say this enough, you can't pray enough. You can't come to worship enough. You can't be nice enough. Pray. 
come to worship, be nice. But in doing those things, those things are not what makes you right or justified before God. And again, religion, in, in light of we're celebrating Christmas, uh, religion has done us much like some parents do their children in relation to Santa Claus. Santa Claus not going to bless you unless you are good. And religion teaches us the same way. God is not going to be good to you unless you are good. Not understanding, no, God is, even when I'm at my worst, God is still good to me. See, that's what you have to get. Let me show you this. Okay? So you're not under, or we're not under law, but under, 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 under grace. Write this down. Let me give you a little nugget. Your righteousness, beloved. Your righteousness in God is not established by your behavior. It's established by your believing. And if you believe right, you'll behave right. (laughs) See, See, we're trying to establish our justification before God, Pastor T, by what we do. Uh -uh. It's what Jesus did. And again, when you believe right, the doing right will take care of itself. See, again, religion, self-effort, man trying to work his right before, man trying to justify himself, daughter before God by what he does. See, that's what religion has taught us, a bunch of outward works. And the only thing about it, you are never satisfied when you're trying to do it by a bunch of outward works. You frustrate yourself. You feel like, man, I've been out here all day sharing the love of God. When can I go home? Why? Because you don't feel like I've, did I do enough? Did I not do enough? Are you here? So your righteousness in God is not established by your behavior, beloved. It's established by your believing in the finished work of Jesus. And again, if you believe right, you will behave right. Now, I have to show you this. We said when we talk about grace, uh, we're talking about the man who we're talking about. We're talking about who? Jesus, John 1, 14 and 16. So when we're talking about grace, we're talking about the man. And the word became flesh, talking about Christ, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, and his fullness, and of his fullness, we have all received, talking about all who believes in him. What? Grace for grace, or literally grace upon grace, or abundant grace. So as a believer, as a child of God, there is a grace upon grace on my life. There is abundant, in spite of what religion says, Crystal, as a child of God, there's a grace upon grace on your life. And you have to receive that. No, there's a grace upon grace on my life. There is an undeserved favor on my life. There are things that are going to work in my favor all because of what Jesus done. Even when I'm not acting my best. Because I believed that what Jesus did suffice, I would still be a recipient of God's favor. 
Are you here? So here, grace means God's gracious favor, which he showers on his beloved children. Okay? Verse 17. I want to show you this again. What are you under? And, and listen, I want you to go back and get the teaching so you can catch up as to where we are. And so you can get the full meaning of the totality of grace. For, for the law was given through, through who? Through Moses, again, under the law, there was a justification based upon keeping the demands of the law, right? We, we dealt with that. Watch this now. Who was born under Moses, Moses' day in here? Who? None of you? What about the senior who had the Bible back there? Were you? What's he saying, Pastor? So we weren't born under the law. But grace and truth, guess what you're under? Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, okay? It, uh, to, to prove that, Christ ended the law. The man trying to be justified based upon keeping demands. That stopped, that ended with Christ and put us under grace. Romans 10, 4, ERV. Let me show you this. I have to show you this because when we're talking about grace, who are we talking about, Sister Moore? Jesus. That's why last week I said you cannot exhaust grace. And every time you fall short of the glory of God's standard, you don't lose a little bit of grace. The only way you lose a little bit of grace or you lose uh, uh, the, the favor working for you is when you attempt to mix grace and law. And we've seen this last week. The only and one only place that the Bible makes reference to falling from grace has to do with mixing grace and law. You with me? Christ, Christ, Christ. So why are you letting people tell you, no, you're not right unless you, huh? Well, if Christ ended it, why am I still doing it? Now, again, I always have to say this because you always get some erroneous person that misconstrues what's been said. The moral, you had the civil laws, moral laws, ceremonial laws, okay? The moral aspect of the law dealt with the, what we call the Ten Commandments. And there were, again, there were more than Ten Commandments. But the moral aspect of the law deals with thou shalt not kill. Honor thy father and mother. Have no other gods before me. Uh, so do we keep the moral aspect of the law? Absolutely. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't covet what your neighbor has. But in doing those things, they are insufficient to make us right. Christ made that possible. Now, under the law, in order for me to write, I had to do those things. And if I didn't do it, there would be condemnation. So, relative to, no, I still, no, I don't want to kill. I don't want to steal. But just because I don't kill and I don't steal, that's not what justifies me before the Father. That's the point. 
Jesus justifies you before the Father. And when you place your faith in him, he now sees you justified. Just as if you never missed it. Oh, boy, this is good to me. See, again, I, I want to get this in my spirit because there are people who are up, they'll say, and here's what the devil do. Oh, you're a Christian, and, 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 and well, nothing good happened to you. Everybody you know, they can't win for losing this and that. But see, here's the thing. Heaven's blessings aren't procured because you are good. God is a God of his agreement. Things don't happen just because you're nice, a good Christian. Be a good Christian. No, things manifest because you are living in agreement with the Father. Because you, you agree with God. You hear? And I'm saying that to say, see, even if it's by default, if I'm trying to mix grace and law, I am frustrating the grace of God. So if I'm frustrating it, then guess what? The favorite won't work for me because I am frustrating it. In essence, it, I'm out of agreement. Why? Because I'm trying to mix grace and law. And when we frustrate, as we learn, and we get there in a second when Timmy puts that definition up, we literally forfeit. We lay it to a side. In other words, what God has laid, established, you choose to lay it to the side. Are you with me? But Christ ended the law. Do you see this? So that everyone who, see, again, believes, agreement. For everyone who believes in him, how are you made right? No, how are you made right with God? By doing what? No, by coming to church every Sunday. By not saying a bad word this week. Don't say bad words. Again, for those of you who are still maturing, you are still, there's favor still on your life when you say, oh, snap. God still loves you, okay? <laughs> now, is the pastor telling you to say, oh, snap? <laughs> I'm saying if you, you know how you, people do <laughs> I ain't said that in a long time, but you said it so effortlessly. I mean, the way it rolled off of your, it, I mean, it came out like you used to talking like, yeah, but I ain't said that word in a long time. God still loves you. Christ ended the law so that everyone who believes in him is made, so how are we made right? By believing in him. Then we seem, whenever we attempt to mix grace and law, we frustrate the grace of God. We've seen this in Galatians 2, particularly verse 21. Now, in Galatians 2, starting around verse 12 through verse 21, we see the apostle Paul, he is rebuking Peter. What is Paul doing? I've already talked this. He is rebuking Peter. Peter was living in his freedom in Christ. Okay? He was enjoying his liberty as a Christian. But he allowed himself, himself to shrink back into keeping various aspects of the law. And that's what brought about the rebuke. Now, you have to remember 
the reason why Paul is even writing to the church of Galatia, he's writing to people who, again, were enjoying their freedom in Christ. But because of Judaizers, those who were strict adherents still to the Moses of law was telling those Gentiles who were saved now, no, the only way that you can truly be saved, you got to do what we did. So he was saying, the only, what they were saying is that the only way you could truly be saved, you have to keep various aspects of the law, which Paul says, no, you've been freed from that bondage. Don't get tangled in that again. And see, that's what Peter was attempting to do, to get tangled in that again. And we've seen around verse 18 that now Peter was trying to uh, uh, rebuild a system that was already torn down. So when we walk in freedom, then we allow religion or religious people to put us back under trying to be right before God based upon, based upon our performance. We are frustrating the grace of God. And listen, they may mean well, but they're in error. And see, sometimes that's what happened to generations before us. They meant well, but we're in error in a lot of ways. <laughs> You hear? For I do not frustrate the grace of God. Watch this. For as righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Again, if, if me being right comes by keeping various demands of the law, then what did Christ die for? He said, Christ, Peter, Christ died for nothing. If, if, if what makes us right is by still keeping these demands. And he said, no, in actuality, what you are doing, you are frustrating what Jesus did. You are frustrating the work. You are frustrating grace. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come out of the law, then Christ died in vain. Do you see this? Put that definition up. So, in other words, when we frustrate, we do away again with what has been laid down. We set it aside. We make it void. This is the word in the Greek, okay? To do, you see this? Out the tail, to do away with what has been what? Laid down. I don't know. To make of no effect. So when we try to mix grace and law, I make the grace of no effect. In other words, the favor that should work for me is not working. Why? Because I've gotten in the way by thinking that I need to do something to get it to work. No, it's working by virtue of my relationship with Christ. And, and that's why I need to leave it. No, this is, notice, grace did it. I can't take credit. Grace did it. Yeah, but... but, but I know how you living. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm working on some things, but I believe what Jesus did is enough, and that's, that, that, that's where I'm staying, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm maturing every day, and I'm working on some things, but grace did it. And you have religious people frowning on you because they're looking, again, at your practice. You're not your practice. You are your position. And your position in Christ is you are holy, just. No, you are holy, blameless, and above reproach before God. See, that's your position. My practice is what I do 
every day that should correspond with my position. But me, but, but I am not my practice. No, my position is who I am. My position says I'm holy. And every day there is an attempt to walk holy. And the more I walk holy, the more and more I look like my position. Are you here? So here, so so notice when I try to make myself right before God about what I do, you're, you're, you're laying down, sir, ma'am, what he has established, okay? Then, two, we've seen that mixing grace and law perverts the gospel. Do you see this? Mixing grace and law perverts the gospel. We found this in Galatians 1, 6. I am getting all of this to you today, all of this to you. Because Pastor T got some stuff that she want to get to y'all, and I'm moving out of the way. Yeah. So I have to get all this out. So he gave me 45. I might need 47. I might need two extra minutes. Yes, y'all know how Pastor T do. Pastor come out the gate swinging. Yeah. How does she come out? She come out on 100. It, it, that's the anointing. That's the favor on that line. That's why when she get up, y'all just, your whole, the whole aura is different. Then, then I get up here at, after study for hours and hours and laying before God and crying before God and doing all this. And y'all look at me like, what? Walk. I hear y'all when I'm teaching, walk with him, Jesus. Bless him, Lord. I'm praying for you, Pastor. Look, I'm praying for you, Pastor. Some even stretch their hands towards me while I'm teaching. Lord, bless him, Jesus. But I'm giving you all this today, though. Okay, you're getting all this today. Bless, bless that. <laughs> y'all know I'm just serious. Okay, look. I marvel. That, again, why is Paul writing to this church? Because, again, there are those telling them that only for you to be saved, you Gentiles, you non-Jews, you got to do what we did. Right? Notice, he said, and, and what it was, it, it, was, it was challenging people to the degree that they were turning away. I marvel that you are turning away so soon. From him who called you. Listen to this. In the, we're not under law, we're under. I'm over that you are turning away so soon from him who called you. Look, he called you in the grace of God to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who what? Trouble you. Look, listen to what he said, and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. So right here, when he says there is, uh, where he talks about, a, where it says to a different gospel, he's not talking about other religions. Although that is true, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, okay? He is the, the only way. But right here where he says a different gospel He's talking about a mixture of grace 
and law. And notice he, he said there is no other. And when you try to mix grace and law, you are perverting the gospel. Do you see this? So here we see that when we mix grace and law, not only do well, we've seen previous in Galatians 2.21 that when we mix grace and law, we frustrate the grace. And here we see when we mix grace and law, we do what? We pervert the gospel. That's Bible. So why would you let, put Galatians 5 in one up. So why would you let, listen to this, beloved, even teachers of the gospel are holding pe- people to this, Brother Damien. And you can't, let me tell you something. And I know this to be true. Just because you've been trained doesn't mean you are above misinterpretation or misinterpreting the Word of God. You need to be skilled in the Word. Well, how can you say that? Who I remember, this teaching started with the traditions of man. People promulgating what has been handed down. You notice we talked about trapped by your traditions. So that in and of itself lets us know that people can use the word out of context and it makes it, they make it the gospel per se. Why? What has been handed down. Stand fast. I don't care what They could be the chiefest of whatever, because, again, we got a lot of chiefs in the, Christ, in the body of Christ now. They could be the chief apostle, the chief pastor, the chief prophet, the chief evangelist, the chief deacon, the chief usher, the chief parking lot attendant, whatever chief position they have. Don't you let one chief get you to turn from the grace which you have in Christ. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Are you with me? And sometimes it's almost, it's bad. Listen, I'm going to say this now. And see, because the way I'm dressed, some can assume there's no anointing on it because I'm not dressed in civic attire. The civic attire you know, the clergy collar, the robes, and the, all the things that I used to do that I, I will only put on now if, if I need to. So, and I'm saying that to say, don't let somebody dressed all in their clergy apparel. Don't mistake them from not being above teaching the Word of God in error. And see, that's a mistake sometimes. Oh, yeah, he, he, looked, like, he looked like a preacher. She looked like a preacher. And you can't get by on that. There's been a lot of folk who look like got folk right now in bondage. Oh, you here? So don't let the enemy fool you. And I'm not saying everybody who dresses in the civic apparel are teaching untruths. I'm just saying we can't go off that. Another thing that religion has done to folk. That's why I hear you... you I'm in my best English. Weeds is freeze up in his. Eyes are free. 
Somebody said, eyes are just say it like that. Eyes are free in Jesus. <laughs> I'm free in Jesus. Amen. You're free, guys. Okay, so so again, if it's based upon how we dress, now I'm trying to be right before God based upon what I see. Now, again, my effort. You can't do it enough. All right? So that should have said about several of you who still wear pantyhose free. Oh, dang. <laughs> and she just happened to have them on today. Out of all this, I hadn't worn them all year. I hadn't worn first 11 months. I hadn't seen any pantyhose. And on today, you can wear pantyhose. But Pastor Free, though. See free. <laughs> so, oh. So when we talk about grace, we're talking about the man Jesus, Titus 2.11. Who are we talking about? Let me tell you something, man. There's nothing like walking in a liberty whereby Christ has set you free. And see, and see that, that's, that's the thing about it. Uh, you, you, if you want to wear a suit, fine. If I, if I feel like it, I will. If I don't, I, I won't. Because it, my justification is not based upon that. And you should have that liberty to come to worship God just as you are. That's why I get tickled at people who tell you to come dressed as you are, didn't, get, didn't have a, a list of what to wear. Come as you are, but no holy jeans. No high heels, no wigs, no makeup, no ju- but come as you are. Yeah, they'll tell you that. We want you to come as you are, but you, no hoodies, no sneakers. Look, 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 watch this. According to religion, we're nothing but a bunch of heathens in here. According to, you know, religion. But thank God we are in relationship, and we're not bound by religion. Oh, I don't know why I'm saying you. See, you have to notice it because Grandma. Baby, I don't know about that reverend. He don't dress like my pastor. That's what I say, bro. <laughs> Same thing I say. <laughs> For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Again, all men who believe. Again, guys, here grace is virtually synonymous with the Son of God. And we're not talking about a just a divine attribute of grace, but Christ himself, Jesus incarnate, embodied in the flesh. So when we're talking about grace, we're talking about who? The man Jesus. Look, Let me uh, see it, how it's written in the TPT. That's why, again, I said last week, you cannot exhaust, daughter, the grace of God. To say you can exhaust the grace of God is to say you can exhaust Christ. You cannot exhaust what has no beginning on an ending. He's eternal. 
You cannot exhaust grace. And I'm saying that to say, so when you fall short of the glory of God, don't think a little bit of Jesus left you. Don't think a little bit of grace that left you. No, get up, keep going. He would never leave you nor forsake you. And stop letting people accuse. God made you right. Who can accuse you? I'm going to see that in the ERV term, what I just said in, in Romans 8. God's marvelous grace has manifested in, in person, bringing salvation to everyone. So when we're talking about grace, we're talking about the man, Jesus. Let me, I, I just said something. Romans 8. Now, the good thing about the Bible, it doesn't get stuck. You don't need Wi-Fi and all that stuff. <laughs> so I never did that with my Bible. <laughs> and I still use my Bible for study you know, in here. Because we have a young church. I have to stay modern. Y'all would think I'm a... If I had a big Bible, y'all think I'd walk with Moses up in here. Lord, yeah, I, I knew he knew Moses. Yeah, yeah, he walked with Jesus. Yeah, he, he knew the apostles. <laughs> no, no. Are you here? I said what, Romans 8? Okay. Let's start at verse 32. Romans 8, 32. Let me see how it's written in ERV, Tamara. He even let his own son suffer us. God gave his son for, for all of us. So now with Jesus, God will surely give us all things. Okay, next verse. Watch this. Who can accuse? Why do you let people accuse you? Who can accuse the people God has chosen? No, no, no one. See, there's an exclamation point. No one. God. Who makes you right? See, see, this, this may sound simple, but you wouldn't believe how many believers, daughter, are bound by what they have been taught traditionally that goes against the Word of God, and they are not li living in their freedom whereby Christ has set them free because they're living a life of mixture of law and grace, not knowing that they're frustrating the grace of God, therefore the favor not working for that individual. Who can accuse the people of God, the people God has chosen? No one. God is the one who makes them right. Who can say that God's people are guilty? No one. Christ Jesus died for us. But that is not all. He was also raised from death, and now he's at God's right side speaking to him for us. But, but hold on. Not only is he at Christ, <clears throat> at the Father's right hand, you are at the Father's right hand. Why? Because you are seated in heavenly places in Christ. 
So that's why when God sees you, he sees you in light of how he sees his son, which is justified. So who are you letting accuse you? Who was that for? That I had to go way off the grid for that. Now let's get back. Are you with me? So when we're talking about grace, we're talking about the man who? Talking about the man, Jesus. Now, write this down. I've given you this already. When we're talking about uh, the five graces of grace, we said, number one, grace puts me into position. We've seen that. Write the verses down because I've already given you this. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Put, put it up real quickly. As I make reference to him, put them up. So, number one, grace put, when we're talking about the five graces of grace, or five benefits, five favors, five undeserved privileges of grace. Number one, grace does what? Puts me into position. Because of my relationship with Christ, I now have favor. Let's read. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have, uh, again, God is not mad at you. God is not mad. What you say that God is not mad at me? God loves me. Again, because of what Christ did, you are at peace with God. Does he smile? Now, I'm not saying he smiles when we fall short of his glory, but he's not mad at you. Why? Because I have peace with him now. And you have to understand, when Jesus died, that sacrifice was once and for all. So, so it's not when I fall short, I lose peace with him. No, the peace is there and going to be there. Just like you don't receive, when you are born again, the Bible tells us that you receive eternal life then. Not over yonder in the by and by, wherever over yonder is. So you don't receive eternal life when you get before the Father. You receive eternal life when you receive Jesus. It starts working for you. Then, life that cannot be extinguished, life that cannot be put out. Who gets this? Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have, see, here's how we get the access. We have access by faith into this, into this grace. So because of my relationship with Christ, I have access to grace. It's nothing I've done. It's what Jesus did. So when favor, see, guys, when you get this and know that it's all him and not you, you will see more things, favor being extended in your favor, and you won't have anything else to say but grace did. It was nothing I done. Grace did it. Are you here? So we said, number one, grace puts me into position. We said, number two, grace enables me. Grace Enables me. So again, anybody who's telling you that when you talk about grace, you preach antinomianism means against law, you can live loosely and there's no more restraint, the devil is a lie. No, grace is what actually enables you, empowers you to live upright. Let's see that. 
So we said, number two, grace does what? It gives me power. It gives you the ability. In other, it, it is the grace of God that makes things easier for you in the midst of our opposition. You, you just missed what I said. It is God's grace that makes things easier for you in the midst of opposition. In other, I, I'm not saying that weapons won't form. I'm saying that when the weapons form, they won't prosper. Why? Because there's a favor on my life. Even when it looked like it's not working, you have to know that the favor's working. Why? Because while we look not at things which are seen, no, this is temporary, but there's a far more greater glory working on my behalf. You may not see it now, but I can see it. And I know that it's the grace <laughs> working for me. That's why you have to move yourself out of the way and just rest in his grace. I'm going to let God do what he didn't do. I'm in agreement. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know how soon. But I do know. Not many days from now. At any moment. See, you have to believe this. And, uh, look, 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 look. And you have to move who you used to be out of the way. Because the devil could use who you used to be uh, as a stumbling block to keep you just from receiving God's grace. Well, you know you used to be this. I don't care what I used to be. In Christ, I am a new creation. See, again, the devil will use anything he can to get you out of agreement. And when you get out of agreement, it's not working. Are you here? Therefore, having been, okay, no, we said Galatians 2. We said grace, number two, grace does what? Enables me. 212 ERV. Watch this. It teaches us, talking about grace, we just read verse 11 a few minutes ago, the grace has appeared through Christ. It teaches us what? Not to live against God. So whoever, whoever told you that grace, when, when you hear people say, ah, when people talk about grace, they're telling you you live in any kind of way. Sir, listen to the whole message. You're a liar. You've never heard that here. No, grace is why I'm living upright. It's because of grace that I don't live worldly. It teaches us not to live against God. And not to do the bad things the world wants to do. It teaches us to live on earth now in a wise and right way. A way that shows true devotion to God. See, that's, see, when you understand grace, then again, your practice will always correspond with your position. Which is I'm holy, blameless, and above reproach. Oh, this is good. Are you here? Then we said number th uh, uh, Acts, let me show you this real quick. Acts 20 and 32. You hear? Yeah, I, I'm going to get this. I'm, I want to get this out because I want Pastor to get up here because it, it, I, it, I can't. Yeah. I heard they go, go and get it out. Hurry up. Get it out. <laughs> Who said that? It came from over here. <laughs> you, you racist. 
Yeah, I said it. You might not laugh at a religious church. You a heathen. That's a sin. Thank God for freedom. Hey, watch this. Watch this. When you know nobody can accuse you, you never mind what other people say. It's none, it's none of my business what you say about me. Why? Because I know you can accuse me. Yeah, well, your preacher wearing a sweatsuit. You can't accuse him. God set him free. He's made right by what Jesus did. Well, the women wearing jeans over there, you can't accuse her. Christ justified her. That's just an example for anybody who. Where we at? So now, brethren, I commend you to God and the no, listen, and the word of his grace. Notice Paul said, I don't commend you to men. I don't commend you to, to, to leaders. No, I commend you to God and the word, logos, of his grace. Do you see this? Watch this now. And, no, which is able to what? Build you up. So, again, we said, number two, grace enables me. Notice the word of his grace is able to build me up. Give me inheritance among those who are sanctified. That's the Greek word, that word, word, logos, talking about God's word or God expressing the thoughts through his spirit. In other words, talking about his word. So when we live in agreement with his word, that's where you're going to get your strength. That's where you're going to be edified. Why? Because I'm staying in agreement with the word of his Great, talking about his word, things that he has even revealed to you by his living agreement with that. That's where you get your strength. That's why when we pray in Holy Spirit, we do what? We edify ourselves. We charge ourselves up. We speak mysteries. Are you here? Then we said number three, grace makes me who I am. Will you say that? Grace makes me who I am. Watch this now. Again. It's because it's, it, grace did it. <laughs> huh? Not your prowess. Not your acumen. Not your matriculation through whatever. I don't care if you have a, a, a whatever, whatever, whatever. Grace did it. If truth be told, believer. Now, now here, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10. Now, what, what's taking on place what we're about to read? Paul, he's reflecting, watch this now, on his privilege of having meeting Christ, talking about his experience on the road to Damascus. Christ knew, Paul knew Christ by revelation. He, did not, he, he, he didn't actually physically walk with Christ as did some of the other apostles. No, he had his experience on the road of Damascus. So he knew Christ through by revelation. So him reflecting on this experience, he, he felt unworthy. 
because of his past. Remember, Paul was persecuting Christians, having people drug out of their homes, persecuted, dying. You hear? So, so, so in reflection of how he persecuted the church, are you with me? He felt unworthy. Lord, you, you knew me. You knew who I was, how I was. And it, it made him feel unworthy. In the midst of all that, you still saw fit to call me to be an apostle. That's why, again, no matter what your past, your past is your past. Yeah, well, I remember you. You used to that. No, you don't. My past is my, I'm a new creation now. Watch this. Verse 9. For I am the least, you know, he, he felt unworthy. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle. You see, some now feel like I'm not, I'm not worthy to be called a son of God. I'm, I'm just old. It's, please stop saying this if you're a believer. I'm just old sinner. Saved by grace. Which one are you? you either saved by grace or a sinner. You, 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 which one are you? Huh? Which one are you? I'm either saved by grace, through faith that is, or I'm a sinner. So stop confessing, I'm just an old sinner. Saved by Sir, if, if you're born again now, you're no longer a sinner, ma'am. So stop confessing that. Are you here? See what religion has done to folk? It won't give you no Bible for that. Where's that at? What, what book, verse, chapter, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm an old sinner saved by grace. Where's that found? For I am the least of the apostles whom I'm not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecute the church. Watch this, verse 10. But by the grace of God, I see, grace did it. Look, ooh, ooh, let me close. Watch this, man of God. The favor, see, when you're in agreement with this, the favor can be so strong and visible in your life that it will literally intimidate and threaten other people. They think it's because you do this. No, no, it's the favor, sir. It's God's grace. You're mad at me for naught. It's not, I, I can't even take credit for this. It's the grace that did it. But see, that, that's why you have to know as an individual that I have the same grace on my life. And once you understand that, there's no need of me being intimidated or threatened or feeling a sense of insecurity when I'm uh, around people who seem to be moving or progressing. No, no, no. There's a grace on me also. Oh, boy, that was good. And when you understand that and get in agreement with that, see if things don't start accelerating for you. See, that, then that sort of cues you. Oh, he probably do this for a living. She'd probably do that for a living. Really, see, no, that's a man of God. That's a woman of God. You ever had friends do that? You, 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 watch this. You, you roll up, and first thing they say when you got the car, Chris, what you do for a living? What that got to do with it? Just say this next time someone say that. They, they come to your house. Man, wonder what he does for a living. Girl, what you do? Grace did it. 
Just say that. Look at them. They, they're probably looking at you sideways. Grace did it. Yeah. Let me tell you about them. I can't take any credit. Oh, I'm going to show you this. You see, you boasting when you take credit. If you're going to boast at anything, it's to be in the Lord, not what you think you've done. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me is not in vain. Notice he said, but I labor. In other words, because God seemed fit to make me who I am, there was a deep sense of obligation to run all the more. Notice he said, but I, here it go right here, but I labored what? More abundantly than they all. Yet, not I, but the grace of God, which was with, see, again, look, I'm doing what I'm doing. It's the grace, man. And see, again, when you understand that, there's a sense of obligation to run all the more. That's why there, for every believer, there should be a, when you understand God's grace, there should be a sense of urgency to get this out because I want others to experience this same favor. God's kindness. God's fits of protection around me. I want everybody else to experience this same grace. Are you here? Then we said, number four, write this down. I just give you the verse of reference. Grace justifies. Number four, grace does what? Grace does what? Justifies. Romans 3.24. What does grace do? Being, Romans 3.24, ready, read. Being justified freely by his, not by what you do, by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So that uh, Greek word uh, justified in the Greek, the definition. Watch this now. This is, this is where you are because of Christ. You hear? What? Properly approved, especially in a legal, authoritative sense, to show what is right. In other words, conform to a proper standard. And because of what Christ did, we are now upright with God. You hear? Because of what Jesus did. The, who, who's made right? The who? Look. <laughs> this is not dictionary.com, sir. And, and I need to say it because when you're dealing with the word... The book of the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, a couple of books in Latin, and what we call the New Testament was written in Greek. So to understand various words, you need to look them up in the original context and language to get the, the correct meaning. So you look up justified in dictionary.com, you're not going to get the, the true meaning of it. So you can't be Googling this on dictionary.com and uh, Webster Dictionary, not to get the accurate meaning. Because I know how you younger people do. Well, Google said. The believer is made righteous. 
justified by who? Oh, my God, watch this. Clear of all charges or punishment. In other words, you remember Christ, because of Adam, there was a sin debt that needed to be paid. And we all fell under God's wrath because of what Adam did. But because of what Jesus did, we're not under God's wrath. We've been delivered from God's wrath. That's why you have to get out of this mindset of thinking God is out to harm you whenever you miss it. He's not out to harm you. Why? Because I am right with him. Now, I'm not saying there are no consequences behind you making dumb decisions. I'm saying don't say that's God because you chose to act stupid, act crazy. Okay? You've been cleared, sir. Moreover, they are justified, made right, right by God's grace each time they receive. Where it says obey faith, that means to live in agreement. Here it go right here, God's in-walk persuasion. Do you see this? So grace, it justifies me. So if I miss it, man, look, repent, get up, keep rolling. But, but don't be looking for God to smack you on the back of your head or something bad to happen. Why? Because, because of what Christ did, what I should have got. I've been cleared of it. You've missed that. What you should have got. That's why you got to say, oh, grace did it. <laughs> Thank God. And the last one, and I just give you the best verse reference, grace saves. Will you say this? Grace saves. And listen, I'm not, I'm simply, salvation is more than escaping hell's damnation and going to heaven. Salvation is much more than that. Okay? So, so when we hear saving all the time, we think, oh, miss heaven. Go. No, God wants you to enjoy a blissful life, experience his goodness here and now. All right, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not that of yourselves. Let's, read, let's go ahead and read verse 9. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Again, so grace, beloved, saves. Not just deliver us from hell's damnation, but also it keeps us from danger or it protects us against danger. Put that, uh, it's the Greek word that word saves, sozo. Uh, put that definition up. Properly what? Deliver out of danger and into safety. Use principally of God rescuing believers from the penalty and the, watch this, and the power of sin and into his provisions. Provisions. His prosperity. His deliverance. His preser uh, preservation. His victory. Are you here? So, so, so because of grace, not only, of course, we miss hell and going to heaven, but here on earth, 
I am, God is preserving me or rescuing me from danger. So you shouldn't, ex- listen, your expectation shouldn't be of bad. It should be of good. And when weapons try to form, you just have to know that they won't prosper. Now, verse 9 says, not of works lest anyone should boast. I'm closing with this. You're not saved by works, nor are you saved by faith plus works. You are saved through faith alone. See, the Jesus was saying, no, you are saved through faith plus works. The works was keeping the demands of the law. No, 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 no. you justified by Christ and Christ alone. If salvation were by works, that would allow, again, that would allow room for all kinds of self-congratulation. We would take the credit. But when salvation is on the principle of faith, there's no room for boasting. You have to arrive at the conclusion that grace did it. The justified person says, I did all of the sinning. Jesus did all of the saving. I'll write that down. The justified person said, yeah, I did all the sinning, but Jesus did all the saving. True faith, beloved, disavows any responsibility of self-effort and self-salvation, looking only to Christ as Savior. Listen, there is a grace upon grace that's on your life. And you have to get to the point, beloved, where you totally rely on the finished work of Jesus. And when you live in agreement with that and remove yourself out of the way, that's when you get to that place where we're actually experiencing this grace upon grace, this abundant grace. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for His Word. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.